Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. And sisters. Howdy, hey, howdy, ho. <laughs> I like this that's, new greeting. You, you should you spice like it up every like show. You well, know. And, you know, that's uh, my youngest daughter. She has this song on like her Disney CD. Yeah. When, uh, and it's like, uh, say, hey, howdy, hey. <laughs> you know, it's a soul song. And she really loves that song. And so uh, we were singing that on the way back from our trip awesome. to... Uh, to uh, Yellowstone and Wyoming and all that, and so uh, and the stroke of genius. <laughs> I thought, yeah, stroke of genius. <laughs> I got nothing else to say. I'm switching to hey, howdy, hey. Yeah, howdy ho. <laughs> and I thought, I thought she'd get a, a huge kick out of hearing that. That's uh, that's how we're opening it up. I like it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, howdy, hey. It's yeah. a good brew day. Oh, <gasps> there it new is. shirts. <laughs> got to get push on that. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah, you know, we had just uh, an incredible time out there, and uh, you know, I, I got a chance to visit a bunch of breweries, uh, Portneuf Brewing in uh, Pocatello, Idaho. Pocatello. I got to uh, Snake River Brewing in Jackson. <laughs> I got a whole bunch of great bottled beers from Grand Teton Brewing uh, when I was in Yellowstone, and then I stopped at uh, Firehouse Brewing in Rapid City, nice. South Dakota. And that was just, you know, each each time, uh, you know, we would be in a city and we'd start looking for a place to eat, and and I got the GPS and the software and all this, and I'd punch in, and I'd go, okay, what's, you know, I'd pick dining, and I'd go like, oh, look at that, the closest place is happens to be a brew pub, <laughs> and your wife is like, oh, and, like, yeah. and yeah. my youngest daughter would say, let's go there, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Do you have beer so, for the road and stuff? Uh, yeah, and I I loaded up on that Grand Teton beer and uh, loaded the RV fridge with a bunch of that stuff. That's some good stuff. I'm very impressed. Probably saved you when the bearings went out, huh? Is a matter of fact. Yep. <laughs> so uh, this little old lady pulls over, <laughs> and uh, you know she's like, "Can I help you?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, uh, give the family a ride into Rapid City." And my wife and the kids and the dog went with her. Yeah, you know, either of my kids could have beat her up, so I figure it's pretty safe. She takes them into town. I'm sitting there. I got like an hour to kill before the the uh, tow truck comes, and I'm like pacing back and forth. You know, I'm like, oh, what's this gonna cost yeah, me? Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm like, you know, what am I pacing back and forth? I got like a fridge with beer in it, and then <laughs> you know, so I go in the motorhome. I got myself a beer. And Felt better. Had a beer and relaxed. Yeah. I had a Grand Teton uh, ESB, I think it was. Right. 
That's very nice. I I enjoy this. It's actually uh, very much like an American brown. I well, a lot it's of that dark. Yeah, it's it's, it's good. It's like Mike McDowell's American Brown Ale. I thought that's just, just very much li- like that. You know, it's it's got like a lot of Centennial in it and stuff. It was it was good. Hoppy. Yeah, I actually picked up a six pack of that and a six pack of their Amber on the way home too. <laughs> you had to. Yeah, no emergency. Was, yeah, just yeah. in case uh, I had another breakdown. You <laughs> yeah, know, the breaks this time. Exactly. No, it was really really good. Nice. Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was an incredible trip. At one point in the trip, we were, uh, one of the things we really enjoyed was in Yellowstone. We're walking around, enjoying the, uh, the geysers and all the geothermal stuff, the mud pots and all that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're hiking, me and the family is hiking down this trail and, and my oldest daughter's in front and my wife and, uh, my the youngest daughter and I'm in the back and we're come over this little rise or bend in the trail and there is a buffalo like <laughs> 10 feet away. And a big old buffalo just ambling up the trail towards us. And you're like, um, like oh, whoa. <laughs> turn around. <laughs> you know, everything you're told is, you know, stay away from the buffalo. People get gored every year. Right. Uh, they're unpredictable. Right. And so, like, I'm trampled as my family runs past me and knocks me, nearly knocks me <laughs> to the ground. rolling towards <laughs> them. <laughs> you know, like, you know. Footprints up my back as they uh, they run for cover behind me. That would be okay. Yeah, yeah. He's got a six pack. Yeah, yeah. He'll be fine. He'll be yeah. fine. Uh, don't worry. Dad knows how to bullfight. It's okay. Yeah. So yeah, we we had to get off to the you know behind hid behind some trees as as the thing passed. But uh, yeah, oh, really really uh, incredible place. I yeah. think if uh, you know you get a chance to do one of those uh, great American tours of of uh, national parks and stuff, it's well worth it. And apparently, there's plenty of great beer to be had. Too. Apparently, I haven't heard know, of those. Yeah, I uh, I was thinking, oh, you know, there's I'm going to stop at uh, Snake River, and that was the only one I really knew of. Right. And all the rest, I just found, you know, kind of random chance. And there was another one in uh, Rock Springs as we were driving back. Oh, really? It wasn't quite lunchtime. It was lunchtime, but we were in such a hurry to get our rental car. I saw um, it's uh, Birch Creek or something like that brewing. Huh. <laughs> you know, I'm like we're looking at the signs, and there's like you know Burger King, Wendy's, Birch Creek Brewing. I'm like Birch Creek Brewing. <laughs> yeah, we're going there. <laughs> and my young star says, "Yeah, let's go there." You know? Cool. But uh, we didn't because we we're in, in a bit of a hurry. So your, your younger daughter's the the future Nincasi in like 20 years from now. I take it. Uh, she just likes the the brew pub food, I think. Oh, you know, okay. the, the burgers and the you know and all that good Dining stuff. Dining with dad, you know. Hey, well, and bond. I'll tell you, most of the craft breweries nowadays, uh, you know, food quality is pretty high in those places. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not turning out crud. Oh, and I, you know, the place I forgot to mention, which had the best beer of my entire trip, was Great Basin Brewing in Reno, Nevada. And uh, when we're heading out there, uh, dinner time just happened to be around then. I'm like, hey, how about Great Basin? My youngest daughter says, yeah, let's stop there. So <laughs> so pull, we pull over the motorhome and uh, stop in Great Basin. And I had one of their uh, I- icky uh, I- <laughs> IPAs. They call it Give Me an Icky. They call it Icky? Ickyosaur. It's named after a dinosaur. Wow. Okay. And I'll tell you, it was flawless. Awesome. Was, this, this was a 50-point beer. Wow. I was For like, an IPA. Yeah. It was stunning. It you know, it was just that, and I've had it there before. Uh-huh. And it's very very good. And it's won plenty of awards. And yeah. It's a, a really nice beer. This one time, this one pint, the temperature of the glass, the way it got served, everything just came together in a perfect storm right. of 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 beer goodness. Right. And that thing was fantastic. I took a couple of sips. And I tell my family like, 
this is incredible. This is, you know, this is perfect. This is, and they're sitting there like ignoring me, you know, yeah. looking at the menus and stuff. And I was just stunned at how good that was. Wow. And that was right I, at the end of your trip. I no, that was like the, like day one. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god, I, you know, I could have sat there and drank myself into a coma. <laughs> it was that good. Wow. And I had to limit That's myself to coma. one because I was yeah, driving. driving. Right. Yeah. And uh, that was really, really, I mean, that just fantastic. I was I was so pleased. Anyways, <laughs> that's a huge, was, huge compliment to them. Oh yeah, well yeah. they 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 have a lot of great beers right. and uh, uh, Silver Peak as well and in Reno is very good, um, but it's got a little more fancy food and the kids mm-hmm. like the uh, Great Basin a little better there. Nice, but uh, I could make the I kids could, happy. I could go either way, but yeah. uh, you know, a couple of excellent places. But that was so good. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I mean, you're giving feedback on like American beers you experienced on your trip. You know, I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuff that people never even heard of. You know. Right. That's right. It. Yeah, it was really fantastic, it's, and it's great. And it really doesn't matter sometimes if the beer is really good or just okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that you're getting to try, you know, a bunch of beers in different places. Somebody's, you know, got their business going. It's really, really very cool, and I really, really enjoyed it. So today we're talking about sweet stout. Sweet. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> you want to give us a rundown on the sweet stout? You tell tell us what's what so you, sweet about what it? you would find in a sweet stout. What's give us aroma, of flavor, color, all that, all that good jazz. Okay. Uh, sweet stout. Um, in the aroma, you probably get a little bit of mild grain notes, hints of coffee or chocolate, and maybe some creamy sweetness coming through in the nose. Um, visually. It's, it could be dark brown to black in color. Uh, definitely a creamy head, you know, head retention going on. Um, overall flavor, uh, the dark malts definitely dominate, but it's balanced um, with a medium high sweetness coming through. Also, um, it's balanced with the addition of lactose, which gives it a sweet edge to it. Um, low bitterness from the hops. I mean, it's not really a hop dominated beer. It's more of a just a sweet overall dark beer uh, and very low fruity esters, no diacetyl, um, low alcohol, four and a half to five, two percent roughly. I mean, it's almost like a session beer, but black and sweet. I mean, it's like a good dessert beer or overall drinking beer. And yeah, that's it. But I, I do have questions though on why the hell did they add lactose to a beer? <laughs> Later have, you, have you uh, have you ever had a, a good sweet stout? I had Doctor Scott's. Uh huh. He makes a killer stout that he has lactose too, uh-huh. and it's like velvet. It's just he makes it really big, doesn't he? Like yeah, eight percent per- beer. No, not that big, but it's it's <laughs> it's so smooth and velvety. I was just blown away by the stout. I've never made a great stout. I've tried. Uh-huh. I can I can't do it. Huh. I'm working on it. Yeah. So you have to help me with that. But sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I think uh, you're probably, you know, one tip away from brewing a great stout, of course. But I think overall this beer is a creamy, silk-like, dark beer and malty. Yeah. And a, a dark, sweet, rich yeah, rich. ale full of roasted flavors, aromas. Right. Right? And it doesn't uh, have the bitterness of a dry stout. It's more straightforward. Right. right. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's still a healthy number of IBUs, 20 to 40 IBUs in, in something That's, like this. Yeah. But there's a, a balancing sweetness. And it does tend to be uh, sweeter than uh, you know. Dry stout tends to be very dry and actually uh, lower alcohol. So this is this is a moderate alcohol beer. Dry stout can be you know three point two percent. You know that's a that's a fairly low alcohol stout. <laughs> the um, 
addition of uh, lactose or milk sugar uh, is uh, kind of a historic thing and you know, I, I heard different stories, and I'm not sure what's what's the truth on this. Uh, you know, stories of you know they added it, and uh, you know they marketed it to mothers, uh, you know, who are nursing. Uh, you know, it helped the baby, helps with milk production or whatever. I don't know. Mother's milk. But, uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so they would add uh, you know this uh, milk sugar or lactose to it. And if you've ever tasted a, a lactose powder, have you tasted that? It's it's very slightly sweet. It doesn't have a lot of sweetness kind of to blend. it. Yeah. It's not 100% non-fermentable. So uh, you, know, you add it, it, it adds some sweetness, but it's not a fermentable sugar by by beer yeasts. Hmm. And uh, so it, it it adds to the residual gravity and adds to the uh, the sweetness as well. So you definitely have to compensate when you mash your grains for that residual sweetness. Right, there. right, oh, okay. right. And it, it adds, and uh, you know, it, it just depends on uh, you know how much you're going to add to that. It'll, you know, it again adds to the gravity. It's also adding to the mouthfeel. Right. So this is kind of where you get that rich, kind of creamy and and sweetness in it. And even if you balance that with some some bitterness, the the sweetness still comes through. Hmm. Um, it's kind of like a. Uh, uh, a sweetened espresso type of uh, overall character to the beer. Mm-hmm. Now, do you know why they would add lactose historically? I mean, was it to balance the additions of dark malts? I mean, maybe they didn't like the dark malts. I mean, I'm trying to understand why they would add a milk processed, you know, adjunct to yeah, a beer. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm know. just trying to think. Like, if I Again, was, you know, it's like you know, to market it as a healthier beer, a healthy alternative. Okay, and I think there was a whole health claim. And what's interesting is, I believe in the in the United States, people are not allowed to call their beers milk stout. Uh, I think there was a whole, and maybe maybe they've cleared this up, but I know at one time they brewers could not label a beer milk stout because in the U.S. people would get confused. They would think that they were buying milk in this beer bottle. <laughs> Honey, my Cheerios are there. And somehow, you know, kids would be fooled into drinking this beer. That's why the brewers were apparently trying to label it milk stout. Okay. You know, it's like the whole Russian imperial stout thing. People would get confused and think that the brewery was actually in Russia. And that's why <laughs> it was labeled Russian imperial stout. Now, they recently won that uh, that argument that people would not be confused that the brewery was somehow in Russia. And uh, the milk stout thing, they still haven't won. I think it's that powerful milk lobby uh, not wanting to let anyone use the word milk on something else. Actually, I think it's just, you know... <laughs> it's, so, it's so absurd. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just bizarre. But, uh, yeah, I think we're not allowed to label beers milk stout in the U.S., so they generally call them sweet stouts. It always amazes me how people, like, believe so much of what they hear, you know. Right. I like Reagan's mentality. Believe half of what you see and nothing of what you hear <laughs> until you see it for yourself or hear for yourself, <laughs> you know. Anyways. Yes, I think uh, Reagan may have a point there. Uh, <laughs> especially, with as, milk, especially with milk stout. Especially with milk stout or sweet stout. All right, so when we get back, we're going to kind of get into the recipe of, of how you build, brew a great uh, sweet stout. Can you 
imagine a world without liquid yeast or German Pilsner malt? No rinse sanitizer. East Kent Goldings. Neither can Northern Brewer. Since 1993, Northern Brewer has been dedicated to spreading the enjoyment of good brewing and good beer by bringing these and other products to home brewers everywhere. They have a comprehensive selection of ingredients and equipment for making beer, mead, wine, cider, and soda with thousands of different items in stock. Everything you need in one place at a great price. Tech support and order advice from their expert and friendly staff is available by email or phone seven days a week. Fast and accurate shipping combined with their central location in Minnesota, USA. Means you never have to wait long for your order. Request a free full color catalog by calling toll free 1-800-681-2739 or visit them online at northernbrewer.com. And you're back with the Ultimate Home Brewing Show where today's topic is dark beer. But first, let's go to the phones. Who are we talking to? Jamel. Jamel Zanishev. What can we do for you, Jamel? What were you guys saying about dark beer? All dark beer is really strong and bitter. Well, you guys might want to look for a new source of brewing knowledge. We're using Poor Harold's Almanac 1947. You know of something better. Brewing Classic Styles by Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer. 80 award-winning recipes and how to brew them by the number one names in home brewing. Extract, partial mash, all grain, we cover it all. Reserve your copy today at the Brewing Network store. I will sign one just for you. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com for more details on Brewing Classic Styles, the homebrew book of the year. So, do you cover Bach beer in there? You betcha. Because I've been saving all the sludge from my fermenter so I can make some real soon. Oh man, you really need this book. Order your copy today. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com, the official broadcaster of the Great American Beer Festival. This is the Jameel Show. All right, we're back. We're talking about sweet stout. Uh, sweet like you. <laughs> Why, thank you, John. Uh, well, and that, that brings up an interesting point. While some commercial examples are going to be on the drier side, some are going to be on the sweeter side. If you're entering competitions, you're going to want to be on the sweeter side of the style. No matter what. No matter what. Because the judges are going to look for some sweetness in a sweet stout. They're going to want the mouthfeel. They're going to want the sweetness. So you really want to focus on that end of it if, if you're looking to, to do well in a competition. If you're just, you know, for your own drinking pleasure, you know, whatever level of sweetness uh, you desire, that's what you should, of course, go for. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing that will help you in competition, sir. Do you even need to add lactose to be considered a sweet stout? Uh, no, no. So you could have a residual sugar and... Right. Okay. But it does add a certain... It's a flavor. And, I, and, I, and I'll bet you there are people that can pick out a uh, sweet stout that does not have lactose versus one that does. Even if you got the sweetness the same and the mouthfeel the same, they can taste that kind of... It kind of tastes like milk. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can notice it. And, uh, and I, I think some people could pick it out. And, that, you know, it, it's... Not that expensive. It's well worth going with the lactose route, I think. Hmm. What about just adding milk? 
I think that would be disgusting. <laughs> Add <laughs> ask. I think there's a lot of protein and yeah. fat and stuff in milk, and uh, you wouldn't want to add that. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, although I guess you could boil it out of there, but uh, <laughs> you're, better, you're better off with the lactose powder. It's uh, you, know, you find it pretty much every homebrew shop carries it for for making sweet stouts. So you got a recipe there? I mean, I do. One I from the do. new book coming out? From the new book Ooh. coming out. You know, you get yourself to the Brewing Network store. Uh, there's that book, uh, Brewing Classic Styles, 80 Styles, anybody, award-winning styles, anybody can brew, whatever they need. A whole lot of beer. Thing. But, uh, you know, buy that from the uh, Brewing Network store. It helps support the uh, Brewing Network. And uh, you get a whole bunch of recipes and great tips and from uh, me and uh, John Palmer as well. All right, this recipe is for, again, uh, makes uh, six gallons in the kettle. You rack five and a half to the fermenter, and then you get five finished gallons in your keg or 20 liters uh, for for our uh, overseas friends. Uh, original gravity is going to be 1060. Holy mackerel. Or uh, 14.8 Play-Doh. Uh, final gravity is going to be 1023. Now, that, that includes the uh, lactose addition, right, which is unfermentable. So that's why you're getting your finished gravity is 1023, 5.7 uh, degrees Play-Doh. Uh, your attenuation is going to be about 61%, low attenuation, because you got that unfermentable uh, lactose in there. IBUs about 29 Color is going to be uh, 39 SRM or 78 EBC. Alcohol 4.9% by volume, 3.8% by weight. Uh, let's see here. If you're an extract brewer, you're going to use the English Pale Ale extract, liquid malt extract. And you need 7.2 pounds or 3.2 uh, kilograms of uh, that uh, uh, liquid malt extract. Lactose powder. You're going to use uh, uh, one pound or a .45 kilograms in a five in this six gallon bag. One pound of one lactose. pound. One pound. What? Woohoo! One pound. God, now I feel guilty. Okay, I've been at, telling people four ounces per five yeah, gallons. Yeah, that's that's nothing. Ah. Huh. Yeah, I noticed down at the shop there's like these little little baggies that look like dime bags. I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> what do you do with this? Yeah, it's not enough to get me through a Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the, the Maxins, I think they use this ratio of uh, of lactose in theirs, in their triple X. Pound. Yeah. N- uh, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> now, did you do this by trial and error? I mean, this recipe that you came up with? I mean, where did you get this? Did you, I mean, what? That and Ashton Lewis, uh, uh, my buddy over at BYO, oh, Mr. Wizard. Oh, uh, I uh, conferred with him, and he... Uh, uh, Remembered the rate from Maxins, and also, also it's in the Stout book by uh, Lewis and Lewis wow. uh, from Brewers Publications. So that definitely raised sure your enough. And I and I actually rebrewed it, this uh, recipe uh, recently to uh, confirm and uh, also confirm the uh, the points of gravity that lactose gives you in solution. And what is that? I can't remember. I have it all calculated don't. out, though, just to yeah. confirm, because uh, most of the brewing programs don't include lactose, I think. Wow. That's great. So, uh, um, anyways, uh, yeah, pound. Okay. Pound. Awesome. And you can toss it in the boil. I would toss it in towards the end. Uh, black patent malt. Uh, if you're an all-grain brewer, I'm sorry, uh, you're going to use a uh, British pale ale malt. You're going to place that uh, liquid malt extract with 10 pounds or 4.53 kilograms of British pale ale malt. 
mash at uh, 151 degrees or 66 degrees uh, C. So why are we using the British pale ale malt and the English uh, pale malt extract, John? Because it's from England. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's our favorite. Good guess. It's our favorite thing. It's it is. Biscuity. Exactly. Yes. It gives you that slight biscuity uh, background note, Goodness. which is nice in, in uh, uh, this type of stout. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily use that in all stouts, but in this kind of stout, uh, kind of an English type of stout, I would uh, I would definitely use that. The lactose, of course, is giving you that mouthfeel uh, and some residual sweetness. Unfermentable. Yeah, to pound it will. <laughs> <laughs> That's you it. should try it with a pound. I'm going to. Br- that's my yeah. next brew, man. There you go. Okay, I'll give you this after the show, and Thank you, you go brew this bad boy. Nice. Uh, for your steeping grains as a uh, extract brewer, you know, to add to your mash as an all-grain brewer, you're going to add some black patent malt, about 525 degrees level bond. You can add a pound of that bad boy, uh, 0.045 kilograms. Crystal malt. We use a crystal 80, kind of one of the darker crystals. It's going to give you a little kind of a, uh, a, a roasted caramel raisin uh, uh, flavor mm-hmm. in those darker those darker malts. And that also adds some residual sweetness. It's also a lot of unfermentable sugars mm-hmm. in there. We're going to use three-quarter pound or 340 grams of the uh, crystal 80. Pale chocolate malt, which is, again, one of my, always been one of my favorites, 200 degrees level bond. A uh, half pound of that, 227 grams of uh, pale chocolate. And that gives you not only some roasted flavors, some coffee flavors, some chocolate flavors, but uh, a good toasted uh, flavor in there. Mm-hmm. And I like that toasted. It's nutty. It's uh, uh, you know, slightly roasty. It's like a little too dark bread. Uh, you know, it's a nice flavor that really fills in a, a gap in the whole malt spectrum. Okay. And that's why I tend to use it in a lot of different beers. Right. Because there's a gap in that, in that flavor. And if you use it, it really, it's, it's there. I mean, you really notice it. It's not something that, uh, you, know, you could toss in almost anything else and be okay with. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. If you don't have the pale chocolate, you use, you know, regular chocolate about half the amount. But pale chocolate's really worth getting, I think. Hmm. Why, why did you use Black patent instead of roasted barley. And other than what you just said, as far as the flavors contributed, but I always thought they use roasted barleys and stouts and patents or black patent and porters. Yeah, you you can uh, go either way, really. Um, the uh, roasted barley I use in dry stouts. Oh, and that gives you that roasted character for that style. Right, 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 right. right. So and the black patent's a little bit different. Um, you know, in the, in that dry stout, in that stout book by Lewis, uh, it, uh, uh, mentions how the brewers at Guinness had, you know, there's a story about how the brewers at Guinness had, uh, compared the malted versus the unmalted and they did not see a significant difference between the two. Hmm. But, uh, Ashton was telling me later on that he, didn't think that was necessarily true, that there is enough of a difference that you want to stick with one versus the other. Okay. So, uh, you know, in something like a foreign extra stout, I'll go with a, a roasted barley. In something like a dry stout, I'll go with a roasted barley. Okay. Uh, in uh, the sweet stout, I'll go with the uh, black patent malt. So is the black patent a little bit lighter in color compared to a roasted, or is you it the can, opposite? You can get these in a variety of colors. Okay. And you can get them all the way down from like 400 or maybe 350 love up to, you know, 600 love. Hmm. 
And, you know, they, it just depends on what, what, uh, where you're getting what your source is. You can get chocolate malt that's darker than, you know, something they call chocolate malt darker than, right. uh, something they call black patent. But black patent tends to be around 500 or so. Okay. 525 in this case. Hmm. You know, I'm, I just had a random thought that, that we should do a show on crystal malts. Mm-hmm. Cause now I finally get it. I, me- I remember like five years ago, no brewing network started out. You just hounded me when I said something on the show about no, fifteen crystals not the same as forty if you up the quantity and you know remember that I remember this, but it it <laughs> he makes holds, he holds a grudge a long no, no. time. He remembers it as he's trying to sleep at night, JC. Yeah. <laughs> but it makes sense though because I just kicked up a porter uh-huh. and I can taste why the one twenty and the seventy five uh-huh. I added uh-huh. really bounces out the large amount of patent malt and chocolate malt right, I right. used. So in this case, uh-huh. next to the pound of lactose you add. You know, I can see why you're adding a darker crystal mm-hmm. to have more of a roasty kind of residual mm-hmm. sweet character. Raisiny. Raisiny. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To balance out the dark malt. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's all kind of a balancing act in which, what you do. And, and I think if you were, uh, to not add the lactose, then maybe I would go with also some, you know, 15 love crystal or 10 love crystal, something like that, that was just sweet without a lot of these, without a lot of the caramel flavors or anything like that. Okay. You know, that, that would be, you know, something more along the lines of replacing the lactose. If you replace the lactose with some 120 love crystal, you know, it tastes way different, you yeah, know, yeah. so huh. it's, it's the sweetness, but it's also, uh, you know, those other flavors that it carries with it, like you're saying, and it, and it's a, it can balance other flavors, it can accentuate other flavors, it can fit in or not, mm-hmm. and that's a, you know, a critical part of choosing what color crystal you use. It's not just what crystal you have on hand, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's an excellent point. Hmm. I'm just glad I finally did it. It only took four years. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you, uh, you you get a lot of stuff. But, yeah, uh, no. I know. I don't recall uh, giving you a really hard time over it, but uh, maybe I did. I just like I to make know. fun of myself. It's, okay, makes me feel better. For hopping, you're gonna go with uh, Kent Goldings. I, I prefer Kent Goldings, some sort of English hop. Again, this is a, you know an English kind of variety of beer, and uh, English Irish, and. Uh, uh, at Kent Goldings at 5% alpha acid pellets at 60 minutes, one 60 minute addition. You're gonna go with uh, an ounce and a half or 43 grams, gonna give you about 29 IBUs. If you, uh, have a different alpha acid uh, hop, just adjust it with your brewing software until you run around 20, 29 IBUs or so. If you're making the beer bigger, you're gonna add more IBUs to right. balance. Right. If you're making the beer smaller, you're gonna back off those IBUs a little bit. Hmm. And, uh, you don't really want a lot of hop flavor coming through. Uh, you will get some with an ounce and a half of Kent Goldings at 60 minutes. That actually does, can be, uh, detected in there. Hmm. Which is why you need to use, uh, you know, an appropriate hop. If you're, uh, gonna use a higher alpha hop, you're not gonna get a, uh, that flavor in there. Any, anytime you get, you, your, anytime your bittering charge tends to start getting over, you know, an ounce and a half, two ounces, you know, you're adding a couple ounces of, of it in five gallons, mm-hmm. uh, you'll taste it in the finished beer. <laughs> you'll get a slight flavor and aroma from those hops. And that's why it's important to, you know, for an English beer to pick an English hop, for right. a German beer to pick a German hop, things like that. It's a, you know, an, an important part of the overall profile of the, of the beer. Good tip. All right, when we come back, we're going to get into fermentation and the yeast and all that. 
very important. Yes. <laughs> Did you know that you can not only order from More Beer online at morebeer.com and receive free shipping on most orders over $59, but you can also shop in person at their two retail locations located in Concord and Riverside, California. In fact, the Concord facility has grown to over 15,000 square feet to fit all the new products, expanded showroom, and new knowledge center classroom. And now, in conjunction with the Brewing Network, More Beer is making it easier than ever to keep up on what's happening. Download the More Beer monthly podcast by clicking podcast at morebeer.com. You'll learn about More Beer's history, sales and discounts on More Beer products, get to know team members, and hear ways to save you money. They're also launching a brand new website soon with more features and a better online shopping experience. So go to morebeer.com or call 800-600-0033. That's 800-600-0033. This year, the Great American Beer Festival will last for three days, have more than 40,000 visitors, more than 380 breweries, more than 1,600 beers, but only one lucky listener will be going for free. Beer, beer, and more beer. The Brewers Association, White Labs, and the Brewing Network are sending you on the beer trip of the year. Airfare, hotel, all festival sessions for free. Brought to you by the Brewers Association, White Labs, Beer, Beer, and More Beer, and the BN. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com for more details. Now, back to the Jameel Show. So good. Hey, howdy, hey. So good. Pound of lactose. How the hell do you ferment all that? You don't. Oh, it's non-fermentable. That's right. I have it a quick adds, question for you. It adds a certain number of points of uh, residual gravity, yes. What for John? Because of your surprise about the pound of lactose, and because at the shop you've you've not been saying that. Yeah. So I, I have a question. Is it, Have you ever had a really good sweet stout that you like? Because I'd like you to go find that, re- like a commercial one. I'm going to go find it. And fi- have you ever had one that you like? Not a commercial one. You haven't. Okay. Because yeah. I just would be interested to find out if they told you the same thing, and that's yeah. why you liked it so yeah. much. Yeah. I will. I will do my homework. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, if if you add four ounces, it it really is not noticeable. Okay. It really doesn't have much impact on the beer, and you know, you want you want uh, you want that mouthfeel. You want uh, you know the the ones that are rich and creamy. Those are the ones that uh, that really I think exemplify the style really well. So uh, a pound, not too much. Uh, and if you, you know, take that four ounces and mix it in some water and see what it leaves behind, and it's not much. There you go. So, uh, you know, in a little bit of water and, uh, you'd be surprised. So in five gallons. Yeah. Uh, we're talking, you know, so mix that in, uh, you know, uh, uh, four, fifth of a gallon. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. So, uh, anyways, uh, yeah, four fifths of a gallon or whatever it would be. For yeast, uh, I like to use uh, White Lambs WLP006 Bedford British or the Y-Yeast 1099 Whitbread Ale. Uh, both those are excellent yeasts for this. And uh, uh, they 
end up, uh, you know, leaving the right kind of uh, character in here, not too attenuative, uh, you know, uh, a nice beer for these. Uh, you can use um, uh, the Fermenta Safale SO4 if you if you need to use a dry yeast. Uh, does an okay job as well. Uh, but, uh, of course, my preference are for those uh, liquid yeast products, which I think are just top-notch. Really do a, a, a good job on these. You're going to use, uh, if you use dry yeast, you're going to need about 11 grams of uh, uh, properly rehydrated dry yeast or two liquid yeast packages, or you're going to make a, a, an appropriate starter with, uh, you know, one yeast package in a, in a two-liter starter. Okay. From at about 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 degrees C. And when it's finished, you're going to carbonate the beer to approximately one and a half to two volumes. That's low. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, you know when you go with a lower carbonation, huh. it tends to accentuate the creaminess of a beer. Uh-huh. If you get too high carbonation, it tends to start drying it out and getting a little more sharp. Okay. And if you want this to be a rich, uh, smooth beer, I think two volumes is plenty in this. Uh, you know, uh, if you have a kegging system, you'll, you'll play around with it. I right. love to, you know, put beers into the keg and, uh, hit the gas on them and, and then, uh, try them every few days. And when it starts to get just right, you know, then I, I shut the gas off and it's, <laughs> you know, it's just right. I, I love it that way. That's what's great about kegging beer in general. I mean, you can manipulate your beer. I mean, mm-hmm. each day you get to taste and see mature, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What's that? What should I drink? Or <laughs> I thought you had some questions about. Oh, I do the, have uh, some. Uh, what is the gravity of lactose? I mean, oh, I'm I'm just kind of curious. I, I'll have to email it to you. I, I'm sorry. I, I you know I wrote I calculated it out just to make sure. I I found a number online, and then I wanted to confirm it. I stopped by more beer, picked up some lactose, okay. and uh, and uh, uh, did did a uh, test. For um, uh, points per gallon, okay, to plug into ProMash, okay. So uh, and uh, I I know for a fact how much uh, how much residual it gives. Okay. It's not a lot, okay. So uh, you know it 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 doesn't add a, a whole bunch. Well, what would your beer be without lactose? If you think, I mean, you had a ten pound base malt and some crystal in there. Yeah, I think I think it'd be you know it would have some sweetness, but not enough to counter you know these IBUs, and uh, it'd be a much thinner beer. Okay, we get a ten sixty OG. Uh huh. So um, my guess, just off of your recipe, you probably had a ten fifty OG without the lactose. I'm just guessing yeah. on a seventy percent. I can't remember how many points it adds. I think it's adding about twelve points of gravity, about three Play-Doh, hmm. uh, for one pound and five gallons. Okay. One, point, one pound and six gallons. I think it's about 12 points because I think that's what the Maccasins, uh has. Okay. Hmm. I can't wait to brew this, by the way. Yeah, it, 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 it turns out really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> makes it makes a great sweet stout. What about using De Carafa? I mean, I was talking to you earlier about this. I mean, you always talk about De not adding that astringent flavor. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you might want to try that in the style because you don't really want that roast well, over... Top roasty character coming through. See, and I, you know, a lot of people talk about using, um, uh, you know, dehusk grains for their stouts, or using, you know, or or cold steeping and all that stuff in order to eliminate any sort of, you know, stringency or any uh, real harsh uh, roasted grain character. I believe, especially in this beer, what you're looking for is a sweetened espresso. Espresso can be quite, uh, you know, quite bold. Right. And I think, you know, those roasted flavors are very important to this. Sure. 
But they're sweet so and roasted. Right. So it's a balance. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, the sweetness takes some of that edge off. Mm. And I think if you eliminate some of those, uh, those, uh, you know, that roastiness that you get from the, from the roasted grain husks, uh, it, it really is not going to be as good a beer. I think you need that character in there. Okay. I think it's an important part of balancing the sweetness. If you didn't have that, mm-hmm. I think it would it would seem too sweet. Hmm. So I think it's important to to, to go with a, a grain with a husk that's uh, roasted. Hmm. Do you think you could use a dark a single dark malt for all styles of beers, like uh, Schwartz beer, uh, a sweet stout, a porter? Could you just choose no. one? Okay. I was always curious about that. I, I mean, don't think so. Because those are a lot for a brewery to mm-hmm. keep in inventory right? and to keep fresh. Right. So I always figured maybe you could play around with just having one around. It's one of the joys of being a home brewer. Well, you, the, the advantage, know. though, is is that for you know most brew pubs, they don't need but a sack or two of you know of anything for a, for a pretty good-sized batch because right. you don't use a whole lot, you know, okay. so... Uh, it's a, you know, it's a small percentage. Now on a Schwartz beer, you do need to go with a, a dehusked grain because you don't want those roasty flavors right. in there. On, on a porter, you want more of a, you know, kind of a chocolatey and not quite as acrid a, uh, a roasted character. Okay. On, uh, you know, a dry stout or a foreign stout or something like that, you want a little more of roast. that, that roast that, Part of it, what makes a dry stout dry is that roasted character uh-huh. and the IBUs and the low finishing gravity. Okay. And without that, you know, those three things, it's not a very good dry stout. Huh. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, when you do uh, uh, the, your roasted barley and the dry stout, you powder it up. <laughs> and you turn it into a powder. <laughs> okay. And, and add like, that. Like a coffee grinder or something? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. You don't just crush it. You powder it. Okay. And add it as a powder to the to the mash. And, and you do that for the 60-minute mash or... Yeah. Okay. Whatever, whatever your mash is, and because it, it's important to get those flavors in that beer, that adds to the dryness. It adds to you know if you're trying to emulate Guinness, you know that's what you need. Right. So that's a, a important part of it. I, think. Um, I have a sack of carafe at home. Uh huh. Trying to figure out how to, I use how to it get all. The <laughs> rid of it. So carafe, carafe special, carafe special too. Okay. Yeah. 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 I have 50 more pounds of this left. So right. Right. If you want any? Let me know. Yeah, because you only use a couple ounces at a time. <laughs> Yeah, it, it yeah. tends to it tends to hang around for quite a while. All right, but uh, you know that's that's the way it goes. Yeah, carafe for breakfast. Carafe, yeah, a little little, a little uh, lactose, a little lactose on there, a little water, and uh, a little milk in there. It'd be yeah, perfect. There you go. All right, Justin, uh, we got some uh, questions from the chat room. Yes, sir. A couple questions came through here. Uh, first one: uh, one of the main differences between a Russian Imperial Stout and a Sweet Stout. Well, Russian Imperial Stout tends to have a higher level of alcohol, higher hopping, uh, can have some hop character, and it's going to have, uh, you know, be a little more estuary and uh, a little bolder, and uh, you can have, uh, you know, it's not going to be as sweet a beer as the sweet stout. Well, again, you know, commercial examples vary, but it tends not to be as sweet. Okay. Uh, here's an interesting question that came through for those that are lactose intolerant. Which is interesting uh-huh. for this Ooh, beer. They wanted to, they wanted to know if you could add Splenda instead of the lactose. Yeah, I think you could. I think that's a good idea. I yeah. think uh, you know you're going to miss out on that kind of milk character, and it's and the Splenda won't give you the mouthfeel that the uh, that the lactose will. Yeah. But I think you know that's a good way to go. You might uh, add maybe some. Uh, uh, you know, some dextrin malt as well in there to add a little more body to it. 
uh, or some dextrin powder yeah. and the Splenda might be a good combination versus uh, uh, if you have to eliminate the, the lactose. Yeah. I would wonder if it would not only be missing that those flavors that the lactose would give you, but if it would actually add another kind of a flavor because it's a different... Yeah, it's going to add a, re- a different, completely different sweetness. Yeah. You know, because the sweetness in the in the lactose is, is different. Yeah, you'd have to play around with it. I think you get pretty close. Okay. But, uh, you know, and especially if, it, you know, it's a it's a medical condition that you need to, uh, yeah. need to pay attention to or, you know, it can make people pretty sick that are lactose intolerant. Yeah, that's what actually the guy who was asking that uh, yeah, it's, it's gave like, us some details yeah, about he, how sick yeah. it makes him. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's not playing around with this. It's not somebody going, I don't like milk. It's, yeah. you know, somebody, you get pretty darn sick, so yeah. he's going to watch that sort of thing. Okay. And then here's something I think that comes up often with brewing ingredients, because depending on where you go, they have different names. So this listener asked, um, is black patent um, just the same as black malt? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's a, another good question. Uh, you know, black patent came from, uh, you know, it was the process. It was like one of the first processes for, uh, roasting grains really dark and, uh, you know, they patented it and so they had black patent. <laughs> nope. Uh, That's funny. Malt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, you know, people call it black malt or, you know, and different, uh, uh, malt producers have different names for them sometimes. But yeah, any malted, Barley roasted to about, uh, you know, 525 level bond around that range is fine. Okay. And then uh, just a question for myself, and you may have done it at the beginning. My apologies if so. Do you have a favorite commercial sweet stout? Did you say that? Yeah, I would go with the Maxins, uh, you, you know, did. the Triple X, or, uh, uh, you know, I think, uh, boy, what was that uh, stout at uh, Snake River? Was that supposed to be a sweet stout? I thought that was pretty good. It was uh, a bit Big and bold for a sweet stout, but I thought it, it was it was pretty darn good. So okay. uh, that might be another good example. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving out somebody's great uh, commercial sweet stout that I've had before. I really apologize. Um, I'm trying to think if uh, Alesmith has one. Mm, okay, uh, but they've got a, a, a stout with a with espresso in it or coffee in it. It's really good too, but that's a whole different, uh, yeah, it's a whole different thing. And it's, it's got like a lot of alcohol in it as well. And then again, just for my own clarity, a Guinness is, is a dry stout. Dry stout. Not right. a sweet stout. Right. Okay. And there's different types of Guinness. There's the Guinness foreign, foreign extra, the tropical, you know, versions, yeah. the, and there's the one they brew, you know, for America and the one they brew uh, in uh, Ireland and, you know, the, uh, low alcohol dry stout mm-hmm. and you know it's you know the roasted character dries it out considerably and it's you know quite a few IBUs and it's you know 3.2% alcohol or something it's you know low alcohol so you can drink pint after pint yeah real, real uh, dry and uh, uh, refreshing okay now I, I've tried Guinness on draft before and Jay when you and I were in a band before um, on draft mm-hmm. and it tastes sweet to me mm-hmm it's just a normal Guinness on draft. Is that a sweet stout when I'm getting in America? Because uh, I know no. they're different here in America yeah, than they, in Ireland. Yeah, they brew it bigger for here. Okay. And more alcohol. Is that a dry stout that I'm tasting that's dry? Yeah, it should be dry stout. Okay. It depends on a lot of different things, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's pretty dry. Yeah. Yeah, there's not uh, not a lot of sweetness there. Yeah, but uh, sweetness. Mm. You know, and... Uh, you know, it depends on what you've eaten and things like that. Your 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 mouth will, you know, kind of rebel with its own little sweetness sometimes when you have something that's very dry or True. sour. You know, you kind of kind of get 
seems to cough up some <laughs> some stuff that helps uh, kind of uh, fight fight what you're doing. Right. Hmm. All right. So let's uh, recap the recipe here. Again, uh, original gravity 1060, final gravity 1023, about 61% attenuation. That's because that that lactose, that pound of lactose you're going to add, is uh, not going to ferment. 29 IBUs using the uh, Rager formula. Uh, color is 39 SRM, about 4.9% alcohol by volume or 3.8% by weight. You're going to use uh, English Pale Ale liquid malt extract if you're an extract brewer, 7.2 pounds or 3.26 kilograms. Uh, lactose milk powder is going to be one pound or 0.45 kilograms. As an all-grain brewer, you're going to use, uh, you're going to replace that uh, English Pale Ale liquid malt extract with a British Pale Ale malt, crisp marisot or something like that. 10 pounds or 4.53 kilograms. Mash at 151 degrees Fahrenheit or 66 degrees C. Uh, your other grains, you can have black patent malt at 525 Love of Bond, and you're going to use a pound or 0.45 kilogram. Crystal malt at 80 level bond, you're going to use uh, 0.75 pound, 3 quarter pound, or 340 grams. And pale chocolate malt at 200 level bond, you're going to use a half a pound, or 227 grams. The hopping is going to be Kent Golding's 5% alpha acid at 60 minutes, 1.5 ounces, or 43 grams. Gives you about 29 IBUs, again, using the regular formula. That's a one addition at 60 minutes. If you're making a bigger one, you're going to need more IBUs. You're going to make a smaller one, you know, small starting gravity, you're going to use less IBUs. The yeast, uh, the Y Yeast 1099 Whitbread Ale or the White Labs WLP 006 Bedford British. Or if you if you need to use uh, dry yeast, the Fermenta Safale SO4. Fermentation, ferment that thing at uh, 68 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the temperature of the beer, uh, not the ambient temperature. 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 degrees C. When finished, you carbonate the beer to about one and a half to two volumes, and uh, you know should be really good. Serve it, uh, you know, a little warmer than you would some of the other beers. You know, kind of not quite English pub temperature, maybe a little cooler than that. Uh, you know, around the 45 to 50 degree is is pretty good, uh, closer to 50, and uh, it'll make a really tasty sweet stout. And drink it, <laughs> and drink it, and drink good, good, drink it good, drink it hard. <laughs> All right. Good show. Uh, coming up, uh, let's see, in uh, about a month or two weeks from this, if you're listening on the archives, uh, we are going to do American Wheat Rye or Rye Beer. Uh, that's a, a good one. And we are going to do, after that, Saison. Ooh. Ooh, a lot of people have been asking for that one. Don't forget, uh, you can go to the Brewing Network store, pick up yourself a Brewing Network shirt, help support the Brewing Network. And uh, also listen to the Sunday show for details on how to win a free trip to the Great American Beer Festival in October. And you can see me there. I'll be uh, signing. I'll be signing books. I'll be shaking hands, kissing babies, whatever it takes in order to uh, tattoos, make gas money to get home. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> right on. Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong. <laughs>